Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. My name is Connor, and you are listening to another episode of Film Talks. This Saturday, what do we got? We're talking about trailers. Are they harmful or are they helpful? You know, you know, point blank, you might be like, oh, you know, trailers are great. I love figuring out if I like the movie or not, but maybe they they hype up a movie too much or maybe they show too much of the movie off you know so we're going to discuss that uh i also want to talk about ryan gosling's performance in drive and the appeal of a silent hero and then uh for what i'm watching we're going to talk about the green knight starring dev patel it's a movie i've been talking about for a while and uh i'm excited about it so let's get into it uh first off trailers are they helpful are they not helpful? I got inspiration for this because of what's happening with Spider-Man. So for those of you who haven't been keeping up with it, Spider-Man, I believe it's going to be called Far... No, not Far From Home was the second one. This one is going to be called Spider-Man No Way Home. I guess they're keeping that home thing around for all of these movies. So uh, the Spider-Man No Way Home movie has no trailer yet. And for those of you who have been watching movies for any amount of time should know that like they're they're pumping out trailers for like a year in advance and what it's it, it's getting kind of close it's it's more the it's past the year mark at this point we're, we're a couple months away but in this instance i feel like the hype around this new spider-man movie doesn't need a trailer the rumors are going crazy saying oh andrew garfield's gonna be in it uh, Tobey Maguire is going to be in it and it's going to be like some Spider-Man multiverse reunion thing. So everybody's excited about it. I guess uh, my purpose of bringing this up is I have seen trailers go well and I've seen them go kind of poorly. For instance, I'm going to be talking about The Green Knight later on. There are a lot of people who have reviewed this movie and not liked it. Just regular people, not like critics or you know frequent viewers or whatever. And uh, it's because they, they, they reviewed it poorly because they saw a trailer and it seemed to be a certain kind of movie. And that's not the movie they got. So they're like, they're going to the movie theater and they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to see, you know, swords flying, some medieval, some knights, it's King Arthur. And no, it's slow and dramatic. And that's what trailers can do. Sometimes trailers can kind of screw up a vibe. Like, it can get people excited. I don't think there are, very, there are very few trailers that don't build hype. But sometimes, even if you're not lying to the audience and saying, hey, maybe this movie's in action when it's a drama, what they could also be doing is kind of basically telling you everything that's going to happen in the movie. So if you've seen the new trailer for Dune, I'm very excited for this movie. But, I mean, you kind of know what's already going to happen. Watching the trailer might not be what you want to do because... They're kind of giving away a lot of plot points. Once you get into that three-minute or two-minute, like, 30 time frame, then you're starting to get into, like, a, hey, we're, we're throwing a little too much into this trailer. It's just supposed to build hype, just supposed to educate the audience. But, you know, if you, if you put too much in there, then you're going above and beyond, and now, boom, there's uh, spoilers and all this stuff. That was actually a thing. So um, Terminator... Uh, not Dark Fate, not the new one, but the the Amelia Clark one, that actually had spoilers in the trailer for those who hadn't seen it, because a big part of the movie was that John Connor was actually a Terminator, and he was evil, and you weren't supposed to know that, but in the trailer, they show you that John Connor is a Terminator, 
and sure you could be you could speculate and be like oh so they they copied john connor um but even still it it, it's a big part of the movie it's the climax and it's in the trailer so you you don't even need to watch the movie because boom just watch the trailer and you get the gist so let me drop your opinions down in the comment section or tell me on instagram or facebook film.talksofficial um what do you think is is do you find trailers to be helpful or harmful to the viewing experience? Uh, personally, I, I love trailers are great. I love getting hyped up for things, and it's also very good for movies I wasn't even expecting that they just throw it out there and I'm like, ooh, like the the new Batman trailer. I've watched that about tens of thousands of times because it's so great. The it, it like it perfectly captures what a trailer is supposed to be in my mind because the the tone is there. And so just watching the trailer, you know what kind of movie they're trying to build, what tra- what kind of world, what kind of performance that Robert Pattinson is going to have, and that gets me hyped up. So ne- next up, I want to talk about Drive. There's one thing in particular. I don't want to review the whole movie. I really want to talk about Ryan Gosling's performance and his character because it's it's an interesting thing that they tried to do, which is Ryan Gosling's character, he doesn't really talk. He's very silent, but when he talks, there's so much gravity around every word. You're just, you're kind of like, oh, he's talking. Okay, this is something important. And I feel like that's so amazing for a strong character. I feel like so oftentimes when you think of a strong character, you think of somebody... I mean, kind of like an Iron Man character where, like, they're very smart, they talk, and they're confident, and, you know, that cockiness where they just, you know, talk circles around the bad guys. Uh, that's not what Ryan Gosling does. He, he he just sort of stares, kind of this, not a blank stare. Like, he's definitely thinking, but um, he's not letting you know what he's thinking. And I think there's so much interest behind that silent kind of, I don't know if you want to say hero, but main character. Uh, very similar to you know what Clint Eastwood was doing when he was doing all his films, where he's, you know, how do you get this badass character to come across as badass? Well, you let his actions do the talking, and so like the whole movie, you're kind of trying to figure out who Ryan Gosling is, and the silence of him kind of adds to that mystery. And once he starts going out, like like for most of the movie, he's kind of just, you know, a regular guy. And you're like, okay, I get it. He, he likes to drive and he's good at driving. But then when it comes to times where he's kind of pushed into a corner and he has to act, you're like, holy crap. Because like, like there's this one scene where he's at, um, he's at a diner and he's like at the bar area and he's eating his food. And this guy comes over to him and he's, he recognizes him. And he's like, hey, you're that getaway driver. I have a job and all this stuff. And I'm not going to say it because he kind of like says, says a couple F words or whatever. But he's basically just like, hey, how about this? Get the hell away from me or I'm going to smack your teeth in or whatever. And I was like, whoa. And like, because like from a character who doesn't talk, he, he doesn't say like hi and stuff. So he's just silent, just looking at you. And then he just blurts that out with just complete intensity you're like whoa and how about this here's an example of like strength and silence so there's this um crime boss actually i always for albert brooks it's he's played by albert brooks who's the voice of um um, marlin and nemo he's kind of like a um a mafia dude and he's the boss he's the head honcho guy and he's talking to ryan gosling and he's asking him questions and ryan gosling doesn't answer them he kind of just looks at him and lets that look suffice as his answer 
and it, it just completely flips the whole situation. Who has the power? It kind of feels like Ryan Gosling, although he doesn't have anything backing him up, his lack of fear kind of tells you as an audience member, hey, maybe this guy does have something that we just don't know about, and therefore he is more powerful than Albert Brooks's character. But uh, go watch it and see Ryan Gosling's performance because I think it's super underrated. I feel like this should be the future. That, like, John Wick... Like, I think John Wick does channel this quite a lot where he, he doesn't do a lot of talking. He lets other people do the talking for him. And that's that kind of portrays power to me. Like, it's not... I'm saying I'm the best. Like, oh, here's a sports reference for you. It's not like like when LeBron says, I'm the best of all time, right? That only carries so much weight. But when you have the entire NBA saying Jordan is the best of all time, that carries weight because that's his peers. That's just a bunch of random people who unprompted were like, this guy's the best. And it's the same thing you see in the John Wick movies, and that's what makes John Wick seem so badass. It's not just his action or, or the 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 force of his his punches and stuff it's that everyone's afraid of him before he even makes a move before he even says a word and uh it's just in this case in drive he doesn't have any cred nobody knows who he is so nobody's talking about him and yet he still doesn't talk he just he's just like yeah he doesn't even give you an opportunity to for him to say a stupid line or whatever he just doesn't talk um and it's cool it works for me i dug it so uh, so that's Drive, Ryan Gosling in Drive. So last up, what I'm watching, um, it's the part of the episode every time where I just talk about what I'm watching. And in this case, I recently watched The Green Knight. I've been waiting to watch this movie for so long. Literally, I saw the trailer, ugh, it had to have been a year ago or whatever, and I was like, oh, this, this movie could be cool. I really love, first off, medieval stuff, obviously, super cool. Um, I don't know if it's because of Lord of the Rings, but like, knights and castles super cool and then when i hear hey this is a king arthur myth kind of story i'm even more intrigued it's been done so many times that i feel like modern day directors and stuff they feel like they have to reinvent it and you know i've done i've done an episode on this where like you bring people in and when you have to like reboot something or take a story that's been told before how are you gonna do it oh you're gonna try and put some you're gonna place some spice and stuff into the story um I, i'm not a big fan when it doesn't work okay which is obvious i mean nobody is when when it doesn't work but uh in king arthur's case i feel like it's ironic that people are keep trying to change it up like we had this king arthur where it's like oh this is the real story of king arthur i forget when that movie came out but it was in the 2000s for some reason something happened where people thought fantasy is not for adults. I remember watching the Hercules movie with Dwayne Johnson. In that movie, Dwayne Johnson plays Hercules, and I was like, oh, cool, we're going to see just Hercules doing his thing. But they tried to put a realistic spin on it again and and said, oh, Dwayne Johnson isn't actually a demigod. He's just a, a guy who's super strong, and he's lucky, and he's just been in places, and he makes up stuff to make him, to make, to his name means something and that was lame like there's this whole thing where they're like oh there are these people on there are these centaurs and we should be afraid of them and the whole time the hercules gang is like there's no such thing as, as centaurs and then we get to them and we're like oh look they really are centaurs but no that's just a light trick they're just guys on horses that run really fast i don't understand it, it's kind of sad where it's just like hey fantasy is for kids adults don't want to see fantasy 
Well, nobody saw that Hercules movie. So that's a terrible excuse for being like, hey, adults want to see want to see that like that's not true like lord of the rings did very successful and that was fantasy and they did goblins they did magic it kind of blows my mind the disrespect towards that genre of film even in books like i know that this is this is true like you if you're reading a book and it's fantasy and somebody says oh what are you reading and you're like oh it's this it's from this genre people are automatically like oh that's a that's a kid's book or whatever like there's no respect in someone reading a a fantasy book with dragons and stuff you have to read books written by real people about like michelle obama's life like those are the kind of adult books you should be reading and i don't think that's true at all i feel like you can get the same lessons and morals and in in more interesting stories like no offense to michelle obama but i feel like a dragon is a little more exciting than her going to a grocery store and seeing something interesting i don't know and so this is my gripe with most of fantasy movies, but The Green Knight as well. I felt like they were going for a more adult vibe, which is fine, and I felt like so oftentimes they were they were kind of dabbling in the fantasy, and I was like, oh, cool. They, they really don't mention King Arthur, Guinevere, Merlin. They use the characters, but they never use their names. They just call him King or, or Dad, or there's just an old guy in the corner with a, with a beard who's clearly Merlin, but they're not going to call him Merlin. Even when there is fantastical elements like giants that are like super cool, they're like, oh, they make you try to like question it. Like, oh, he ate a mushroom before he saw the giants so maybe this whole thing is like a mushroom dream or something like i don't know why we have to like adultify fantasy why can't you just embrace it and just say hey this is a king arthur story with knights doing knightly things and i think what's emblematic of this adultifying of fantasy is the the lesson or the conundrum that's at the end of this movie so spoilers ahead for those who already weren't prepared for spoilers but um at the end of the movie he is uh, uh, given this kind of dilemma, which is very similar to the one that we see in The Dark Knight, which is kind of, you live long enough to see yourself become the villain, or you die a hero. So in the beginning of the movie, he's challenged by this green knight, and the green knight is like, hey, strike a blow against me, and then in a year, you have to let me strike a blow against you. And so Dev Patel, this character, is like, okay, I'll just cut his neck, and he won't be able to come back next year so he does that chops his head off and the green knight is like i'll see you in a year (laughs) as he picks up his head so it didn't work and so the whole year he's kind of like questioning like oh is this actually do i have to do this is this actually going to go down and it ends up going down and he goes to the the green knight at the end of the movie and uh, both scenarios play out for you. So in the one, he refuses to get his neck cut, runs away, and then tells King Arthur, yeah, I fought him, and I'm fine. And he gets knighted, he becomes king, he becomes a terrible king. He, he gets, he gets a, a, a woman pregnant, steals the kid, the kid dies in war, and then his castle gets, like, sieged, and then his family runs away, and he basically dies. Uh, so terrible, you know, he dies a villain. Um, or he stays and takes the cut and dies, but he dies honorably, which is basically saying, hey, you can either be a knight or you can be honorable. Nobody is both. But if you if you read King Arthur and stuff, that's all it is. It's knights that are honorable. 
like when you think of the era of knights and medieval times, like, yes, in real life, it was not very honorable. It was dark. It was called the Dark Ages for a reason. But in these stories, it romanticizes that era and gives you people who are powerful and good. And that's the allure to me of those stories is is that, that here are these people with all this power, with all this you know, strength and skill and money, and they're still good people. But this movie leads you to believe you can't be both. And I read the real tale before I saw the movie. And so this is why I was a little surprised when watching the movie was before he sees the Green Knight on the way there, he goes to a castle. And the guy who owns the castle has a wife and he's like, let's make a deal. You stay in my castle until you have to meet the Green Knight. Um, I'm going to go hunting every day and bring back food for you. Whatever I get during this time, I give to you. And whatever you receive during this time, you give to me. And that'll be our trade. And you're like, okay, sure. Um, and then a- as the days progress, you start seeing the wife coming on to the Dev Patel character. In the story, she kisses him on the lips. And I, th- I believe this is all that happens. You can correct me. I might look it up later and be like, ah, crap, I messed this up. I believe all that happens is she kisses him. And then he kisses the 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 man of the castle when he comes back, you know, because that's the trade. And then when he goes to fight the, the Green Knight, he, you know, puts his head down, takes the axe. And when the Green Knight puts his axe down, he lightly cuts him on the back of the neck. And Deb Patel's character looks up. And the Green Knight turns into the man who owns the castle. And basically said, if you hadn't kissed my wife, I wouldn't have cut you at all. And it it basically builds this character that he becomes a knight, but he was also pretty honorable. He messes up a little bit by kissing, you know, the other guy's wife, but he doesn't do anything drastic. And, you know, so he maintains his honor and he becomes a knight. In the movie, this is not at all how this happens. And I'm not, it's, it's super graphic for really annoying reasons and I don't like it. It was it was off-putting watching it on, you know, in theaters. The the wife is still coming on to him and he's denying her, denying her. And then something happens where she's coming on to him again and he basically gives in. Like wholly gives in. I I don't I feel like that should be enough, but he, he you know, gives everything. Let's just say that. Um and then he he gets scared, so he runs away and the owner of the castle kind of rides up to him and says, hey, did you get anything? And he was like, no. And he's like, I feel like you did, and it belongs to me. And so already it's a lot more graphic than the story, but then Dev Patel doesn't give him any. Like, they, they exchange a kiss, but he received a lot more than that. Let's just say that. Uh, so then he goes to the Green Knight, and so now at this point he has to choose between being a knight or being honorable. He's already lost his honor so the only way to get it back is to take the axe completely and die or pretend that he has his honor and become a knight by not taking the axe and so it's just it's kind of i don't want to say depressing but it's off-putting to me to have this story that was already pretty great that that gave you a, a bit of hope about humanity and instead they traded it for something that's realistic um, so I'll go through my questions really quick again that I like to ask when I, to, to determine if I liked the movie, uh, was the storyline bloated or rushed? It was a little bloated, I'll be, to be honest. Um, it's very artistic. It's super gorgeous. Every shot, picture painting, all that stuff. 
Um, there was stuff that they added because, of course, it's a short story. Um, very similar to, you know, how when they had to make three movies out of The Hobbit, you're like, oh, this is a little long. Same thing with this one. It's a short story that they had to spread out a little bit. So there are a couple shots that go on just a little too long, and you're like, ooh. Um, are the characters relatable? That's really the point. Uh, Dev Patel, he's very unlikable, but he's a person. And so I guess, yeah, it's relatable. This is real life where people just do unlikable things. Does the CGI look fake or does it not feel real? Uh, no, there was CGI, but I thought they did a really good job at blending that practical and CGI elements and making it all feel cohesive and real. Um, would I rewatch this movie? Heck no. And it really just comes down to the ending. Like, yes, it was impactful, the ending. And I was like, whoa, that was not expected. Um, but there were just so many things that were kind of off-putting. And it's just the kind of story that kind of makes you feel kind of cruddy at the end. And you're like, well, I've lost all faith in humanity. And why would I rewatch that kind of movie again? That's just, that's just sad. I, I really, I'm super hopeful. I want one day to get a, a story that's of Robin Hood, of King Arthur, that's emblematic of the actual tales and I, I want some I want somebody to direct a movie who understands the source material isn't trying to adultify it trying to make it more dramatic just make a cool night movie about King Arthur doing King Arthur things you don't have to make them real people who are damaged and crappy um if, if the story calls for it, sure, but stop adding that stuff when you could just make, just make somebody good, make good people. I've seen other people review this movie and they're like, yeah, this movie is excellent. Um, it's just, it, it, this just comes down to a me thing. I, I, I just wanted a hopeful story and I didn't receive it. So I was kind of like, mm, that's, mm, that's unfortunate. So uh, there are probably going to be people that like it. It's definitely more mature. So be ready for that. So would I recommend it? probably not. I know most of the people that view my channel, they probably wouldn't like it. Um, even the more artistic viewers, uh, you'll probably like it for eye candy. Um, and maybe, maybe the, the story itself or the themes and all that stuff. But I, I feel like first off the, the relationship between him and that wife that was really off putting even him and this girlfriend he has back at the castle, super off putting. He's just not a likable character, even from a realistic standpoint, there's not a lot of redeeming qualities about him. So it would probably have been a lot more interesting if he was sort of likable in the beginning and then became unlikable. I don't know. That's just me. Uh, so um, watch the movie. Tell me what you guys think. Be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, film talks, um, you can find, also, I have a podcast on Apple Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Google, Spotify, and uh, I have a Facebook and Instagram page, Film.TalksOfficial, and uh, I, 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 post a, I, I post new stuff every weekend on Saturdays, typically, so you can check me out then. Um, I hope you all enjoyed this, this episode, and uh, I hope you all have a great week. So long. <laughs>